Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are very excited to, to be talking to you about the 1977 Japanese horror baloney quackers bonkers <laughs> movie House. Okay, do you have a synopsis for us? Mr. I do, Huxley? such as it is. Uh, and I'm not going to try to pronounce any of the names of the director or the actors or any of that, because I, I know I will butcher them. So the plot, such as it is, so House is a 1977 Japanese film about a schoolgirl traveling with her six classmates to her ailing aunt's country home, where they come face to face with supernatural events as the girls are one by one devoured by the house yeah that pretty much puts its finger right on it um i want to apologize in advance i am eating halloween candy so mm. if you hear what what halloween candy do you have this is a little asmr for me <laughs> <laughs> do you get into what? that at all do you know what that is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Heath, Heath bars. And I'm oh, okay, getting, nice. I'm not getting paid by Heath. I just like them a lot. Do you have any, um, you know, around this time of year? Well, I mean, Halloween has passed. As we're recording this, it's the beginning of November, but people have very strong opinions about Halloween candy, like candy corn in particular. And yeah. do you have any strong feelings about any of that? I don't particularly like candy corn myself. Mm hmm. I'm not a big fan of most candies that don't come in a wrapper. First of all, I'm not a huge fan of candy. I just mm -hmm. don't. It's not that I, I'm not trying to be like poo-poo sweet stuff, but I like, um, I tend towards savory more than sweet, but okay. like I like ice cream and sort of richer sweet things than, than just straight up candy candy. But I do like Snickers bars and you know, things that come in a wrapper and Heath is a toffee that I really, I, it's not even the best toffee in the world, but I have a fondness for it. So yeah. we're going to do, we're going to do a little more ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, right. uh, yeah. So that was a little slight. So we watched this together, or at least the beginning of it together. Yeah, about half of it. I didn't know what to expect. What What was your? Uh, so you had suggested this, and what was your uh, awareness of this movie? Pre- I did before. I think so. Yeah, I think. Well, you suggested it. Did I? Okay. <laughs> Maybe I think I brought it up. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe I brought it up, but you were aware of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you'd never heard of it before. I think I had seen that graphic of the crazy, scary cat okay. face. Okay. And you know, I was vaguely aware of like, oh, this crazy Japanese cult classic, right? And it just seemed to tick a bunch of boxes. It was like horror and strange and. It definitely meets those criteria. It's um, it starts off like a children's television show. It's very bright primary colors. It didn't feel to me like a 1977 thing, although it's Japanese and it's, you know, so it's not like I'm anchoring it to American culture in 1977. Um, you know, the effects are pretty... I can believe the effects were 1977, although they were used really inventively. Mm-hmm. You know, there were lots of sort of disembodied, a disembodied head kind of floating around and it was kind of done, you know, in green screen like they would have done digitally. Um, they didn't have a real green screen. Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. This was a crazy movie. It was crazy. Um, these schoolgirls, uh, and they all have names like one of them is Mac, and she's the one that likes to eat. One of them's Kung Fu, right? And she's the fighter. I mean, it's all very on the nose. Um, gorgeous is one, gorgeous, and she's the pretty one. Melody, she's the musician. And I think there's a couple of other ones. And they all decide to go. So we follow Gorgeous, right? Mm-hmm. It's her dad. They've lost, she, they lost her mom some time ago and her dad is getting remarried. And that's, there's this sort of, the whole act one is this setup of like how she's, she doesn't love the idea of her, her dad springs it on her, right? Oh, I want you to meet somebody. <laughs> this is going to be your new mom. She's not happy about that. And she decides that they're going to go spend the summer with their aunt, who I guess is her dead mother's sister. I believe so in some country house she hadn't seen her for a long time and she gets all of her friends to come along too so that's how we get to the house uh, and spoiler alert uh it turns out they get to their aunt's house and it turns out that the house is sort of haunted she's a witch and and she sort of is the (laughs) house i mean it's kind of a ghost it's all one evil the house is all one thing and she's the sort of living soul of this monstrous house uh and one by one they get devoured by the house and there's no happy ending i mean for something that starts bright so brightly and colorfully and like a children's television program by the end of it it's pretty dark they they've all just been eaten by the house and that's it Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) right and there's some stuff that's funny And then there's some stuff that while it's not probably going to chill you to the bone in today's horror world, um, 
it was pretty up, you know, it was upsetting. I'm like, damn, you know, did you feel like there were moments that you thought, wow. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting because uh, as you said, it, and we remarked about this when we were watching, you know, sort of the first half together, it definitely does not feel like 1977. And I, you know, I can't speak to, fashion Japanese fashion in the 70s but you know if you watch American movies from this time frame it can be a little bit hard to get past the feathered hair and the bell bottoms and all that kind of stuff but if if it if it you know if you didn't know when this was made if if somebody said oh this was made in the 90s or 2003 or something I'd be like okay you know Um, so it's very I don't know if timeless is the right term or not but it but it feels it feels very modern for something that was made you know 40 plus years ago um and like you were saying the the tone is strange and this is something not to you know uh asian films in general i wouldn't claim to be any kind of an expert on but this is something if you've watched any of the uh, Korean films that have have been kind of big, you know, made it to the U.S. over the last few years. They kind of do this same thing where they'll have these very slapstick comedic scenes, you know, followed by very serious dramatic scenes, and it and it can be jarring. And this movie is like that. You know, you have the you have the kung literally the character who's called Kung Fu in these Kung Fu scenes, you know, and then but like you said it it starts out very much like a children's uh, show or film and feels like a made for TV movie. Yeah. And I don't know if this was intentional, but it seems to get more cinematic as it goes along, you know, very, very early on. I felt like not to the degree of something like the room, but it was almost like, okay, is this somebody who never made a movie before? And then you get into scenes like I, I noticed there's one where the, the girl is playing piano and you yeah. have this tune that goes all throughout, right. you know, the, the movie and, but she's playing the piano and they do this really great 360 degree, you know, shot all around her as, as she's filmed, as, as she's playing. And, you know, you still have the slapstick stuff almost right up to the very end, but there are also these, kind of poignant scenes you know about life and death and and all of this so i thought i thought it was very interesting in in that regard the piano scene i thought was one of those that kind of was upsetting Mm -hmm. yeah because she's sitting and playing the piano melody and then the piano eats her Mm -hmm. and it's kind of corny and it's kind of funny but it's also kind of upsetting. Like it goes on and on. First thing it does, it's a combination of like, they kind of have drawn on the film. So it's sort of, it's just her playing. And then they sort of draw red on the keyboard. Like it's trying, like his teeth chomping her fingers or something. Mm-hmm. And it looks very artificial and very, you know, un- unrealistic. But then there's a scene where she like holds up her hands and her fingers are gone you know and she screams and then the piano kind of gobbles her up and there's shots of 
her legs sticking out of the piano and, you know, her head and arms sticking out of the piano. And then they have kind of disembodied pieces of her body sort of floating around. So it stops being literal and it's all sort of like that, 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 like in, in, and she's screaming and it just goes on and on and on. And I was watching it being like, this is upsetting. <laughs> I don't know how else mm -hmm. to say it. I keep saying the same thing, but for a movie that's like, has been so weird and kind of hard to pin down and all over the place, it also has some visuals that stick with you early on. There's, there's a shot of the aunt, but she doesn't really stay in it. You don't see her, the aunt all the way through. And I think the aunt sort of starts appearing as the other girls that have already been devoured at different times. Right. But they're early on. She's eating watermelon that after Mac disappears and she's like, chewing and then she opens her mouth and there's an eyeball in her mouth and she mm. looks around the eyeball looks around and one of the other girls sees it and she's sort of messing with them that visual stays with me there is some practical stuff where like there's a picture of the cat and the the cat sort of is looks like a cat and then the cat looks scary and then and then actual what's supposed to be blood or bile or something comes spraying out of the cat's mouth so it's this mm -hmm. combination of them doing digital and analog effects that, I mean, they're effective in a way. They're definitely creative in the way that they're done. Um, so they're effective, they're effective in, in a certain way. But I think more than anything else, what I, what I walk away from it thinking was, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that before. Mm-mm. You know, so it wasn't yeah. like that was the scariest thing I've ever seen or that was hilarious or this is a disaster. I was kind of like, wow, that was for a movie made in 1977. That still feels remarkably original to me in a number of ways. Yeah. And they do some pretty simple things where there's one shot where three girls are in a room and it's just a wide shot of the room. And then one of the girls, maybe it's gorgeous, who's gone missing, who is now part of the house her head kind of pops in through the door and, but it's giant. So it's this thing of scale where it's almost, they're like in a tiny dollhouse and this ghost or the house mm -hmm. itself manifesting as one of their friends sticks his head in and is talking to them. And it's, it's scary just because it's the, the scale of this crazy, you know, so they, once, once things, it's a slow buildup, but once they're in the house and they're stuck there and the house starts to go crazy on them, things get really go off the rails. I mean, they get out of the box in terms of there's times when you're sort of saying, I'm not even hundred percent sure what is happening right now. But I mm -hmm. think that's kind of the point in the film is that up is down and the house is alive and it's playing with them, but also devouring them and delighting and tormenting them. And, and then at the end, they just all got gobbled. I mean, it was sort of like, you know, at the end, wasn't there a sort of a coda at the end where they're like, and nobody got out or something like that. It was, I'm, I just remember thinking, wow, that that's it. I guess there's well, no the, escape. The new mother goes to, goes to the house and sees gorgeous at the very end. And she says, Oh, you know, where are your friends? And she says, Oh, they're sleeping, but they wake up when they get hungry. 
So I don't know if it's like they're going to devour her. They're now part of the house and they're going to devour her as well. I don't know. That's kind of how I took it, but. And their teacher who they like shows up and he turns into bananas or something. Right. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, was one of the slapstick parts. Cause he has this dune buggy that he's driving and, you know, uh, it's interesting. I, I read, I went on Wikipedia and was reading some of the history of the movie. And so it uh, was the famous Toho studios who, you know, did the Godzilla movies and they wanted to do, you know, this would have been a couple years after jaws and they wanted to try to capitalize on the success of jaws. So they got a screenwriter. They were, ba- they were like, Hey, write something like Jaws, and this is what they came up with. <laughs> this is like, what they wrote? This is nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was basically, it's almost like if somebody is just like, you just gave them a title, and it's like, hey, there's this movie Jaws that they've never seen, and they don't know what it's about. And we're just like, I'm trying let's to write make, a movie about it. I'm trying to think of a joke like to make on that, and I, I can't even come close. It's like I wanted to capitalize on um, – the success of Lawrence of Arabia. So I made Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Even that doesn't work. This is so bonkers. I mean, I guess people are getting devoured one at a time. That's kind of, it's hard. Like I say, it's almost as if somebody had never seen Jaws, but we're just like, Hey, it's Jaws. It has to do with eating. Let's make a house that eats children, you know? So we don't, and, we don't have a shark. I do have a house. We can, use. <laughs> we, we don't need to do as much effects with that. Um, but the, the director, um, he went to his daughter, who, his preteen daughter and asked her for input ideas for things that they ha- could have in the movie. And they said that his thinking was um, it was great to have the input of a child because uh adults only think about things they understand everything stays on that boring human level while children could come up with things that can't be explained so they said a, a couple of the things specifically that the that the daughter came up with there's a scene one of the first girls who gets killed is in this room and there are like they're not exactly mattresses but like great big pillows that just are falling on her mm-hmm. and you know she just gets you know, just, they keep uh, tumbling onto her. And the, the girl said that was one of her fears. Was that happening to her? And also there's a scene you brought up the uh, watermelon. They have a watermelon in the well to keep it cool in the water. And they pull the watermelon up and it's the one girl's head. And that was the daughter's idea as well. She thought that would be scary to have a, a watermelon switched out with a, with a girl's head. So, um, so I don't know it, uh, it, like you were saying there, are, you know, these, it doesn't necessarily make sense, but still it's, there are a lot, there's a lot of this that's kind of nightmarish. Um, yeah. Towards the end, the, the last girls that get killed, the, the floor is separating and there's water underneath them. And, um, it's it's lit red and the one girl's floating around nude in the water and that was really pretty yeah. upsetting yeah and weird and weird yeah but again it's almost like a dreamlike 
you know, dreams a lot of times don't make a whole lot of sense, but if you have a nightmare, you know, I don't know if you've ever had uh, a really terrible nightmare and then you, you wake up the next day and think about it, how ridiculous and silly it was, but, at the, yeah. but with, within the dream, you're just terrified, you know, not that re- this is terrifying, but. I remember reading an essay and I don't remember who wrote it, but it was about the nature of horror and sort of on that topic that true like existential terror isn't rational, right? I mean, seeing somebody murdered is upsetting and shocking and can is a trauma and but like of the old school Lovecraft kind of lose your mind, go mad horror would be reality itself, not conforming to its own rules, right? Like the rocks by the roadside opening, you know, impossible mouths and singing an impossible song, you know, that you just things you couldn't possibly get your head around that make you real in a sort of ecstasy of existential uh, horror and inability to comprehend. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think when you frame this movie that way, it does feel like a nightmare. It does feel like an exploration of like, what would be terrifying things to the girls? Cause they're not high school girls or sorority girls. They're, school girls like elementary school girls um and you don't see that in horror a lot either the victims tend to be older mm-hmm. high school or college age especially yeah. when you're talking about young women you know yeah or even if it's high school it's supposed to look like young high school girls they're obviously being played by 20 something actresses right and so your brain is sort of like yeah yeah right they're in yeah they're in 10th grade sure um but they're not you know mm-hmm. so i really i i mean i i didn't know what i was going to think of this i thought it'd be fun to talk about but i actually really kind of ended up digging it same yeah i when we started watching this i had maybe sometime in the last year i had started this and i thought i got about an hour into it and it turned out i'd watched about 10 minutes of it first 10 minutes feel like an hour (laughs) and that's and that's the thing i when we discussed watching this you know i was just like i tried to watch this before and i don't know if i can get all the way through this movie but but i really enjoyed it after i watched it it does like i say i i really feel like it gets you know some of that in the beginning is pretty tedious but once they get to the house and things start really happening with the effects and everything it it gets better as it goes along and i've um so this was also in the reading on wikipedia this was actually a big hit in japan they said that toho the it's it's kind of weird that you would have had multiple people sign off on this script because it's so strange but they said that the executives or whatever at toho liked the idea that it was incomprehensible because I guess they have had done some kind of straightforward films that, that didn't do well. 
And again, I don't know if this could be cultural differences, but I don't know if this had been released in the United States in 1977, you know, how it would have done, but it was a hit in, you know, it was a hit in Japan um, and has become a cult classic over time. This was released in the United States. I think they said 2009 or 2010, you know, obviously limited release, but, you know, did pretty well. And I really feel like this would be one of these perfect midnight movies to watch in a packed theater of people that are already, you know, kind of like Rocky horror picture show yeah. with a group of people who already know the, the movie and are into it and everything. I think that could be a lot of fun. And I think this is probably a movie that on maybe a second viewing or third viewing, you might get more out of the, it than you do the first time, you know, cause he, I feel like you get to a point where you, you just kind of, it's like, this doesn't make any sense, but you just go with it. Yeah, you're just trying to keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And and I say that it it does drag, certainly the first half of it. Um, Just them getting to the house and, you know, just there's not a lot of of, to hold your interest. They there's nothing driving the plot forward. The girls don't really have personalities. They're just these archetypes. And it isn't until we meet the aunt and get into the house and things start conforming in some ways to what you expect of a horror movie where the house is malicious. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, and people, the format of some people getting picked off one by one, did I feel like um, it really got its hooks in me? I'm glad that we watched the beginning of it together because I think if I was just sitting at home alone, I would have been like, would have turned it off, or I would have started fast forwarding it through. And that's not really fair in my mind to talk about a movie like this. You feel like you have to have watched it, yeah, and not skipped through parts of it. Yeah, for sure. But it 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 did it, it felt like 1977 in the beginning because it was like the pacing of it was just like. Okay, let's get to the house. But there wasn't an hour and a half of stuff to do in the house. So yeah. And the music is 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 dated. That's the only thing that really is a tip off of the time frame, I would say. The music, the music definitely feels like the 70s. Yeah, and there's some American stuff in it too. There's, there's an American, American song like, at the very end. That you know, they must have been like, oh, American culture and rock and roll in America in 1977 is cool. So we're going to put some of that in here too, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, do you have any other, I don't, I don't have a lot more to say about <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, um, it, was not what I expected. It it makes a lot of lists of, you know, kind of classic horror movies that you haven't seen. So for whatever, and I was kind of like you, there's a a lot of the uh, kind of promotional imagery and posters and things that you see are this cat, you know, and, and it's in orange a lot of times. And there is a cat, you know, all through, cat doesn't do a whole lot but there's a cat all through the movie and so for whatever reason i this was one of those that i thought would be super disturbing you know i thought this was going to be a legitimately um scary film that would be 
you know, almost like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like that. A Japanese you, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you ever see the movie Audition? You know, I have not seen Audition. <laughs> that one. That one was hard to watch. That yeah. one was, there was just a whole bunch of nothing. And then you get to the end and there's the climax. And I, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know that I can watch this. I, I know what happens and I've... Um, I've I've stayed away from it because of that. I don't know. My roommate at the time was like, "Oh, I heard this is great. Let's check it out." And I was like, "Okay." And then you know, I was fine most of the way through it. There's some, you know, menace and there's some interesting stuff that is sort of a fresh take on kind of you know the hair and the you know the kind of creepy girl with the black hair hanging in her face there's some of that variations on that but when when you get to that end scene i made myself watch because my relationship with this roommate was not the kind that i wanted him to remember me covering my face Ah, okay but i had to make myself watch it i mean we were we were vocalizing like, oh, my God. oh, no, no. You know, I mean, it was really not my go to viewing experience. Right. Um, and yeah, so there was a part of my mind that was like, is this going to be one of those that is just so psychedelically nightmarish that I'm not going to be able to sleep? But it's not. No, no, not at all. And it's not even, you know, people who are not particularly into horror and are squeamish and all that, I wouldn't have a problem with this, with, with watching this, you know, um, it's not, there's blood in it, but it's not super realistic gore or anything like that. So it's, no, nothing's really realistic. Um, but it does still tell the story and the story of watching mm-hmm. these girls get, you know, consumed literally often by this house is, Especially at the end, then they're all just, you know, where are they? They're, they're sleeping, but when they wake up, they'll be hungry. So now they're all sort of like demon parts of the house. It's like, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like this is one of these where, you know, this is very much a cult movie. It's very much a midnight type movie. I imagine some... A lot of people that are into this, there's probably substances involved with, you know, and improving their enjoyment of it. But, you know, this is definitely one of those where it's like, if you've seen everything, you know, you got it. You haven't seen this though. You know, Mm -hmm. I I really feel like this would have been, I, I wish I had found this sooner because i feel like this would have been something like when you were in high school or college it would have just been like you'd just be you know you'd get together with your friends and you'd be like you gotta watch this thing it's crazy you know yeah i mean we've seen people coming out of wells right we've seen the floor of the house kind of opening up and people getting swallowed in there and we've seen i don't think i've ever seen a piano eat somebody though in another movie that i can recall now after this scene, that surprises me because I'm like, so somebody did this in 1977 and we haven't seen another scene where a piano in a, you know, a haunted house or something hasn't slammed down on someone's fingers or 
you know, gobbled them up or something. Cause it's sort of like, yeah, a piano does look sort of like a big mouth. It's got the mm-hmm. sort of teeth in the front. It's got the grand piano. It's got, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I mean, obviously we haven't seen everything under the sun, but can you think of another piano related horror thing? Not offhand. I can't No. <laughs> Crazy not stuff. I, yeah. Not that I can think of. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, I, I would I would recommend it if you're if if you watch the trailer, which is a trailer for this movie. So if you look at that, and you go, oh, that looks really interesting. You got to check this out. And if you're like, uh, I don't know, hard pass, then don't bother because it doesn't, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't get less weird. And if you want a very coherent story, you know, that's a conventional type of story that we're used to. If something that doesn't follow that structure bothers you, you're not going to like this movie. Um, But yeah, I I definitely think this is a, um, this is a fun movie. It would be a fun movie to watch in a group. Yeah. Watching it by yourself. I, I imagine it loses something. Yeah, because we so yeah, I would definitely we talked that. a lot during the first part as it was happening. You and I were carrying on a conversation. I don't feel like we were missing vital stuff. No, you know if we if we sat through Dune like we talked about, if we sat through Dune and talked through the whole first half, you would miss important things. <laughs> like there are movies that you that right. demand you pay attention, or you're gonna miss. You're like, oh, who's this guy? Well, they explained who it was, but they didn't spend a long time on it. So if you're not paying attention. Right. And this is not one of those movies. It's big, bright primary colors and it takes its time and there's not a whole bunch of plot. So, yeah. Good for groups. But the visuals are going to get a beer if you go to the bathroom. Yeah. Pausing it if you want. But the and that's another thing. I mean, we didn't really get into it too much, but the this has some really striking visuals in it. I mean, it has some some crude effects, but it's also it's weird because some of it is, you know, again, has that almost like a Pee-wee's playhouse or something, you know, looks like, and then other shots look really, really professional and, 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 you know, and are really well shot. So um, it's a, and uh, this, this is on uh, HBO max. So if you have HBO max, it's, it's on there right now. So, you know, you can watch it for free, Um, but it's a, you know, this has obviously been remastered at some point because it looks really, really, you know, uh, I keep saying good. I need a better word than good, but it, but it looks nice. Yeah. Um, it's clean and sharp. And um, I agree. So, I mean, I think for what it is, it's, um, you know, and, and probably for the audience of this podcast, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. I, I had never sure. really heard of it. I guess as we have started doing this on a regular basis and I'm paying more attention to this world, things like this is sort of floating to the surface. And it's it's been fun exploring some of this stuff that's like, oh, okay. And now you're on layer two. You're going to have to check out movies like House. <laughs> and, and you know, are, for, and it's great. For people listening or if you're watching on YouTube, if you have suggestions of other films like this you know we've watched i think the only other japanese movie we've done was akira um you know which is an anime and it's 
you know, really well known. Um, and, you know, I haven't seen a ton of Japanese movies. We talked maybe about doing um, Battle Royale because it's kind of similar to Squid Game that is, you know, such a big thing now. Um, and, you know, I've never seen a ton of anime films, just kind of the main ones. Um, but if you're listening or, or watching and you have suggestions for foreign films along these lines, you know, we're open to, to doing any of that stuff. Sure. Sure. Have you so, been watching? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, what else you've you've seen lately? I just watched a movie last night that I feel compelled to talk about, but I don't think it's worth us spending a whole episode on. It's called Replicas. It's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original movie. Uh, ah. Keanu Reeves. Um, spacing on his name. Do you watch Silicon Valley? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I watched the first season of it. He's the lead, and I, I'm, I'm spacing on his name. The guy that's in, he's in a lot of commercials and stuff, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, can't I don't know what his, his name, name is. But... I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm embarrassed. Keep but... talking, and I'll look it up. Yeah, he's in it. Um, and you will recognize the female lead in it that plays Keanu's wife as well. You'll recognize a lot of people in this movie. Well, one other person you might recognize. Otherwise, they're completely unknowns. Um, but it's a it's a Frankenstein of a movie, which is apropos because it's sort of a retelling of Frankenstein. Uh, Keanu Reeves is a scientist who is trying to input human consciousness into a robot body. And then his family has a terrible accident and all his wife and kids die and he tries to bring them back and i don't want to go too much more into detail there but because there are you know three or four other hard left turns from there where you're like wait so this is a this movie's about that and then you go oh no i guess this movie's about that uh, no it turns out this movie is about that and it just keeps Oh, now it's a family adventure movie. Oh, now it's a, you know what I mean? It kind of keeps shuffling and, and the writing is, there's a lot of cliche going on in this movie. It's science fiction in which, you know, machines have big plugs and you plug them together and where the plugs meet glows red or green. And, um, you know, the, everything has a, a computer readout display that's just like, you know, consciousness transfer 97% complete and then something interrupts it a big x will appear on the screen like you got a wrong answer you know like because that's how developers at that level design their computer programs is so mm -hmm. people who don't speak english would understand whether or not the thing is complete i mean it's just b minus c minus sci-fi um, that being said, it's fun to watch Keanu mug his way through that. And it, it was laughable at times. Like the, the bad guys, there's henchmen, right? And they all wear suits and ties for some inexplicable reason. Like, why are these heavies? They're not like they're bouncers at a fancy nightclub. These mm -hmm. heavies are all wearing 
So they're big dudes, but they're dressed like agents. Like, so there's a, a lot of matrix rip off in terms of style going on in here as well, but they are, none of them have any lines. So they're clearly just, no offense to actors who are non-speaking, you know, who are extra roles, but these goons are supposed to be scary and they just look kind of bozos. One guy's a long ponytail, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they're yeah. all over the place. It's like, this is supposed to be this multi-billion dollar, you know, deep state kind of, uh, you know, organization that you can't um, get away from. And meanwhile, the heavies look like a bunch of extras from the Goonies. It's just, uh, okay. you know, you almost expect them to leap out behind them and knock two of their heads together or something. <laughs> and they go, oh. You know, before they, it's like, it's really corny. Um, so if you're into some <laughs> cheesy sci fi, you might check out replicas on Netflix. I wonder if it was a made for Netflix or if it was one that just Netflix bought. No, it was 100% okay. made for Netflix. Hmm. It felt That's like they, they wanted, they threw some money at the name people who did it for the money. And they did not throw some money at whoever wrote the script. Mm. And I was like, man, you could have shaved off a little bit of that money and had somebody take another pass at the script. But it, that's why I think that it, that's, that wasn't the point. That wasn't the point. This was the kind of thing that you could kind of put on for the kids. It wasn't scary. It's PG-13, you know. You could be drawn that, in by Keanu. Keanu. He, exactly. He anchors it and he sort of blesses it with a sense of legitimacy. And otherwise it's just filler product that they needed to get on that. You know, there's some CGI in it that is like, you know, when you, when you save an image to like, you compress it to JPEG and you can like quality low. <laughs> yeah. This 70%. Is like this CGI. No, the CGI was like 40%. 40%. Okay. Like, it'll look really jerky and strange. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Gets uh, the, what you pay for. The other actors in that were Thomas Middleditch is the guy from Thomas Middleditch. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, from Silicon Valley. And then Alice Eve was the wife yes and Keanu is 20 think, years older than her you know but I think she was in like one of the Star Trek reboots wasn't she's she? in the first one yeah 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 she's she's great on screen camera loves her I hope she gets oh, some sure. more work um because uh she's got and and you know the, the, this movie does not give her a lot to do mm -hmm. but uh she's compelling on screen yeah I, yeah I like her a lot um I watched this week one that, and I'll just talk about this very briefly because I don't want to, I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything. But it's one that I would like to talk to, talk about once you're able to see it. But that's Last Night in Soho, yeah, um, which I thought was really great, and unfortunately, it has, I think it opened in like seventh place or something like mm -hmm. that. So it's bombed pretty hard. But you know, it's Edgar Wright who's kind of a niche director. So this was a niche. This was one that was a, uh, from what I understand, kind of a passion project for him. It's kind of a, a nod to, uh, you know, much of it takes place in the sixties and it's a nod to sixties horror movies that, that he likes. Um, it's 
it's definitely a horror movie. It's not scary. Uh, but there are definitely, you know, there are ghosts in it. The, the girl who's the main character can see, you know, it's kind of a, almost a sixth sense kind of a thing where she can see dead people. So there are dead people following her around all throughout it, but it's very much like other uh, Edgar Wright movies, except it's not comedic. I mean, there's a little bit of humor here and there, but it's very serious, but it still has his same kind of style where it's very stylized and that's maybe not to everyone's taste, but I thought it was really great. And the girl, um, did you see Jojo Rabbit? No. Okay. Are you familiar with Jojo Rabbit? Heard of it. Okay. You should watch Jojo Rabbit. But um, the uh, the girl who's the lead in it was in Jojo Rabbit. Um, and then it also has uh, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit. And um, um, she is not the main character. It's kind of hard to explain without giving too much away, but you can kind um, of tell from the trailer though, if you watch the yeah. trailer, which gives you a great sense of the style and the kind of mind bending layers within layers element of it. It looks very smart and very stylized and very slick. And again, I don't know how you, are you, do you like Edgar Wright's movies, you know, like Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz and all yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. So the only one of his that I am not a fan of is Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Did you ever see Scott Pilgrim? I never got all the way through it. Yeah. Get my head around it. That's how I felt about that one too. But everything else that he's done, the world's end or whatever the one was called the, about the pub, you know, that one's really great. Um, so uh, did you ever watch Spaced, the show Spaced? No. Oh, that's, do you, are you familiar with it? No. You ought to check that out. Uh, it's a British sitcom. It, I think it was the first thing that he did, but it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And it's just all of these pop culture references that you would be into. They're just these kind of nerdy guys that are into Star Wars and comic books and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's 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 good. Okay. Um, Those two but, are a great duo. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's written by Edgar Wright or he was creator of it. I don't know if he wrote all of them or not, but... Um, but anyway, last night in Soho is, I just thought, and maybe this was part of the, the reason why it didn't do well, but I just thought watching it, I just thought, oh, it's really great to see something very original that's not a sequel and not a remake or a reboot or a prequel of something else, you know right, what I mean? Right. And those things are fine, but, you know, as I'm sitting there in the theater, and I like these movies too, but there's a new Halloween movie in the theater. That's Halloween. I don't know, 12 or whatever. They show a preview, you know, in the theater, the, the, uh, the previews that they showed are the new matrix, which I'm going to go and see, Sure. but there's me, a new screen. There's a new, <laughs> there's a new screen movie coming out in oh, January. Really? So it's just like, yeah. So I'm just watching this movie and thinking, wow, this was really original and a director's vision and it's not, I'm, you know, and he's, he's almost doing a Quentin Tarantino thing where he's paying homage to other movies that he liked, but it's his kind of original thing. And it just feels like we get so little of that now in the theaters. And so I really yeah. liked it. So I would definitely recommend it. If you can see it in the theater, cool. see it in the theater. 
Good. I don't, I mean, uh, in terms of something new that I've been watching, I've been binge watching my other stuff, but I, there's nothing worthy of note here. Have I ever talked about C, the Apple original series with Jason Momoa? No, I think I've seen previews for that, but is it like a that is really, Viking almost kind of thing? Or? No, it's, 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 it's so strange and so original. It's post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. It's a future Earth where there has been, we've messed up the Earth and everyone went blind. Oh, so the, so the population is much smaller than it used to be and the survivors. And this is like way in the future. So the, it's this, um, there isn't technology um, everyone's blind and they get around in their societies, but it feels medieval. And they do a great job. The, whoever is the showrunner and, and the sort of person who's kind of keeping continuity, I guess the director uh, really creates a plausible world in which you just buy excuse me, that none of these people can see and all of this stuff is working. So the way that everybody is getting around and the way they sort of stop and identify each other uh, and there's fight sequences, there's some really gripping action stuff that feels uh, fantasy because it's all hand to hand. Jason Momoa is great in it. He's great. It's some of my favorite stuff I've ever seen him do and I'm a fan. But I like if you hold up Aquaman, I could uh, like hard pass. I don't care. Yeah, it's bad. He actually gets to act in this, right? It's really, really interesting. And then the other thing that's coming out is Raised by Wolves is coming out with the second season. Yeah, I need to watch the first season of that. It's, I, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't love every minute of it. And by the end of the first season, it got very strange. I mean, it starts very strange. But it got very, very strange by the end. And I was like, "What? where are we going with this? But the first three or four episodes, you got to watch that because it is, it is Ridley Scott like off the leash. Like someone got out of his way and he really does. Just, just, the, just watch the first episode. By the end of the first episode, I was like, oh, I have to watch another episode of this, you know? And then by the end of it, I was kind of like, this might be losing me. I think he directed the first three episodes and, some, and then somebody else took over. Well, watch at least watch the first three episodes. It does mm-hmm. get more diffuse, but those first three episodes are like sharp and clean and it is going somewhere. And then you lose the sense that it knows where it's going. Yeah. As that first season goes on. So I don't know, maybe season two will be great. Maybe it won't. Maybe they learned from it. Maybe they didn't. You know, back to Momoa, he's, I, I talk about, and I know on the show, I've talked about this a lot. He's a bit like the rock for me in that they're, they're these two really charismatic actors. And I think definitely Momoa has done more interesting stuff than the rock has done because the rock has just gotten into this very, I mean, he's making gazillions of dollars, but into this, just very formulaic stuff. And, you know, movie star, he's a movie star. Yeah. But Momoa was just in Dune, you know, and and has done some, you know, he's doing the Aquaman films and all that. But Momoa is a guy 
that I would just love to see get with a, you know, get a lead role with, I always come back to Arnold Schwarzenegger who, you know, James Cameron really knew how to use him, you know, with the Terminator movies and with True Lies. And I would love to see Momoa get a really cool action or sci-fi role where he's the lead and it's just a really visionary director work with him. You know what I mean? You you should check out C. Do you have okay. Apple TV? I Do you don't. Have that no. service? Yeah, that's Mm-mm. that's the only thing is it's not an inexpensive service. And if you're not signing on there for the originals there's not i could i could watch it it's worth signing up for a month or you could do the free trial right i think you get the free trial for at least a month he um he gets to act in this and Mm -hmm. i'm not he's not Laurence olivier but it he gets to do a lot more you know he's got a wife he's got kids there are stakes the family gets sort of torn apart He's agonizing. He's searching for them. You, you know, he, we saw some of it in Dune and we see some of it in the superhero movies a little bit, but he, he's really great in those fight scenes. Like he moves really well for such a big guy. There's a, there's a real, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's trained in or if he's trained, but it's very plausible. So in this one, he is mm-hmm. a, he's a serious badass. And the scenes in which this is the scene in which we establish that he's a serious badass. You know, you're like, God damn, that guy's a badass. And it's really satisfying. And it's really great on a lot of levels. It's brutal, but it's, you know, but you still believe he's blind. Like all of the choreography, these fight scenes, you don't, you never in this series forget that these people are all blind, right? There's not, they don't like drop that trope for a while. Oh, now it's a fight scene. You don't ever like, well, blind guy couldn't do that. Like it all's very carefully starts from that place of this is a world where nobody can see and nobody has been able to see. It's just not vision based. But of course, we're watching it. <laughs> it. It's I don't know how to describe it. It sounds very kind of meta and and academic, but the whole show is shot. It's sort of washed out instead of sepia. It's sort of blue tones. Um, check it out. I'd be interested to see what you think of it. It's the my favorite stuff I've seen Jason Momoa do. He's oh, okay. He's pretty good. Uh, I'm not. He may never win an Oscar for his acting, but I don't say that disparagingly. I think he's probably a better actor than, than the rock. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, I mean, he's incredibly charming. You know, he has a lot of, a lot of charm about him. So and he doesn't yeah. do a lot of this and maybe in the early when things are good, but things go bad pretty quick. And there's mm-hmm. not a lot of that. Like, Oh, my boy, yeah, we're buddies. You know, it's, it's mostly uh, him sort of scrambling to kind of hold things together and shore things up. And um, it's less easy material for him. You get that he could do that charismatic slap you on the back, kind of like, you know, Mahalo stuff yeah. in his sleep and he can, 
Mm-hmm. And there's just not much of that in this at all. So you get to hmm. sort of see what else you can do. And there's a lot else you can do. It's really, I, I don't know. I, I keep yeah, I'd like to, myself. But. I'd like to check that out and, and raise by wolves for sure. I want to, I, I have HBO max so I can go, so I can watch that. But yeah, we've, uh, we've mentioned Dune a couple of times and I wanted to, I didn't tell you this, but um, on our YouTube channel, we had a guy, I want to do a shout out to him, a guy named Andrew who commented on Dune and he said that he really liked our review oh, cool. and that he has watched the movie seven times already. Wow. He watched it twice in IMAX. And I said, wow, I bet in IMAX, it's amazing. Yeah. And then he'd watched it five more times on HBO max. So, wow, so I said that you'd watched it three times. Yeah. I would love seven. to see it in IMAX. I remember seeing uh, Blade Runner 2049 in IMAX and it was like, definitely the way to see it immersive mm-hmm. like and this movie is the same way i mean good old denny man yeah oh yeah yeah and they're gonna so and they've now they're gonna do another one they're doing green lit yeah, to do and i have read rumors mm. i don't know if this would be a kind of like a hobbit kind of a thing but i've read rumors that he wants to do a third movie so i don't i have no idea what wow, that would be about or anything split the rest of dune into yeah. Yeah. Three parts? Mm. I don't know. That was just that was a rumor, but but they're definitely doing this the second. So I mean, selfishly, I want him to plow through to the end of the movie. I don't want to have to wait another two years after that to see a third one. But from the studio's perspective, it would make sense to me that they'd want to milk it out as much as they put. There are oh, more sure. books. I mean, he could go on and he could, you know what I mean? Yeah. He could keep making Dune. It's a huge, sprawling, multi-generational thing. I mean, I'm not as oh. excited about those, but if he was going to direct them all. That's another thing that I thought of. So this Andrew who who commented on the YouTube video, he brought up the 2000 sci-fi channel, like mini series of it. Have you ever watched that before? I did not watch that, no. So I I, I asked him, and and when I last checked, he he hadn't responded. But I I said, should we watch that and do that for the show? That's something we could always do at some point if you wanted to, sure, and see see what it's like. Um, I don't I don't think know it how was many great or I'd have checked it out. I was yeah. aware of it when it happened, and I yeah, I remember it coming out, and I, I if, in my mind, of... it sounded a, it felt a lot like a, a lot of other stuff on sci-fi at the time, which was. Mm-hmm relatively not too great threadbare yeah so I, that being said though the series that they started um the expanse is some of my favorite science fiction ever and if you've never okay. watched the expanse i watched I, a little bit of an episode Amazon picked it up yeah i watched a little bit of of one of the episodes i think but i haven't seen too much of it it's I will say this, and I know that this is a cliche. It does, it can take a little while to get its hooks in you because it starts relatively slow. Season one is kind of this noir story. There's a detective looking for a missing woman. Mm -hmm. And as we move through season one, that's basically the arc of season one. And he's realizing we're, we're introducing bigger forces at work right it's in a future where there's earth and mars and the belt which is the asteroid belt Mm -hmm. so there are these three big political factions in our solar system 
that don't come too much into play in this because he's just in one place looking for this one woman. And as the episodes go, he kind of leaves that place and he's exploring some other places, right? But then by the time we get to season two, the the world opens up a little bit and other stuff starts to come Would you in. you say it, people, that it expands? The world it expands. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and season three gets even bigger and season four gets even bigger. And by then you've got this cast of characters that you've come to think of as a family. But it, it, it doesn't rush itself so that by the time you get into these later seasons, you have history with all of these characters and different settings. And you're, you've been to Earth and different places on Earth and you've been to Mars and you've been to different places in the belt. And it, the, the, the universe of the show just keeps, ex, the, the focus of it keeps expanding. That It doesn't, I don't know how to describe it. Well, you're aware that that's, that's the world. It's not like they keep, oh, and now there's a new place that we haven't told you about. You're aware that this is the set, but we just haven't seen the corners of it. And we get further and further into exploring all the different... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's great. It's the kind of show that once I was into it, I would binge watch. Like I'd stay up way later than I should have just to watch one mm-hmm. more episode. I'm like, I must go to sleep. I have to get up to work tomorrow. Just one more. And I would, yeah. you know, <laughs> coffee my way through work the next day. Cause I shouldn't have stayed up and watched that. It was really great. Yeah. I'm going to have, there's too many shows that I have to, I know I that know. I have to give a try. Um, so what, uh, what did you want to try to do for next week? Well, you had talked about the class of 1999, which yes. is a quasi sequel to the class of 1984. I which definitely I, want to watch that movie. Yeah. Whether I, we do it uh, next time or not. Yeah, that's fine with me to, for next time. So it, uh, we, a couple of weeks ago, we did class of 1984. And when I was uploading the episode, I was looking you know, I was looking up actors and things like that on IMDb and this class of 1999 came up and I was like, Oh, what is that? And I watched the trailer. It's <laughs> ridiculous. So, and it is on Tubi. So if you want to, so I watched it for free on Tubi with, I mean, there's ads, but um, so I wouldn't, that's how I would recommend. I don't know that I would pay for this movie. Oh really? To, I was gonna, yeah. Normally I would rent it, pay. I mean, it's probably two, it's probably two to, bucks or whatever. Just I mean, if you want to have the ads, but I, yeah, I don't know if you've watched anything on Tubi or not, but the only downside to Tubi is the, you know, it's not like watching a movie on television. They'll just have an, they'll just have ads, just, you know, be like right in the middle of somebody talking and their ads, you know? Um, so it's, and they can get a little bit, uh, annoying but um but yeah i watched it on there for free and it's just terrible i think it'll be fun to talk about because it, it's just so ridiculous yeah yeah and that's kind of that's kind of why i want to watch it and the other one you wanted to do was crimson peak which crimson i know peak, is yes. is actually oh i mean that's uh guillermo guillermo, guillermo del, del toro toro yeah. um, he was um, a master filmmaker and i definitely am aware of that when i haven't seen it saw the trailer for the trailer scares the peanuts out of me it's a ghost story yeah it's i don't think you'll find it frightening i mean it's it's all atmospheric and it's atmospheric yeah it's not a scary film but i am not kidding when i say this i saw it in the theater and I don't know how much it will. I haven't watched it. I just watched it the one time in the theater. I haven't watched it since. 
I don't know how much it will lose watching it on a smaller screen, but I'm not kidding. It is one of the best looking films that I've ever seen in a theater. I mean, it's just, you know, the colors and the way it's shot and everything is just beautiful. So I think even if you aren't into the story, the visuals, I mean, you, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's along the lines of we, we, it's getting to be a cliche at this point. I bring up Blade Runner 2049 so many times, but it's, it's kind of on that, a very different movie, but on that par of just, just a movie that you want to see on the biggest screen yeah. that you can. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, let's, let's do uh, 1999 next and then we can do Crimson Peak after that. Cool. All right. Nice. Great. Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. All the socials. We're on YouTube. Andrew, and thank you for watching and commenting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope, that's I hope cool that to one. start to now that we're on YouTube, uh, starting to get some feedback, which is awesome. But yeah. Not- and again, suggestions are there things, you know, and we like, you know, kind of weird stuff that we haven't seen before. It's, it's always fun if it, if it can be something, you know, like this, that, uh, house tonight that neither of us have seen that's that makes it really fun yes so um and uh yeah so always a pleasure as usual do you have anything else that you would like to add before we sign off no i think that's it okie dokie then we will talk to you next week